Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What is going on, guys? Matty Ice, here with Maniac. This is the Change Pond Pod. And let me tell you, I am really excited because we have an interview with Wyatt Copelman. Writer for State of the U. He's a current UM student. He's a broadcaster for their uh, news site, too. Um, I'm really excited to get into it, so let's just do it. Let's jump right in. What is up, guys? We are joined here by Wyatt Kopelman, uh, writer for State of the U and TMH Sports. He's also a current UM student and broadcaster for the student radio station. Wyatt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. How are you? Awesome, man. I'm ready to talk some hoops, you know. It's been a while, you know. We were kind of robbed out of uh, the tourney last year, so it's good to get into it, you know. It certainly is, and I thought we were robbed out of the tourney the year before, despite battling with seven players, and uh, I think we can make a storm, no pun intended, in the ACC this year. Awesome, awesome. So, just getting into, you know, we just talked about, like, last year and the year before, you know, Miami has struggled, you know, to say the least. They're 29 and 34 overall, and then 2012 and 26 in the ACC. What do you think has contributed to that? Well, it was certainly the uh, mounting amount of injuries that the Canes have experienced over the past couple of years. Uh, injuries to Chris Likes, Cameron McGusty last year, I think, hampered us a bit. There were a lot of games where I thought we had a chance at beating a team like a Louisville or a North Carolina, and we just weren't able to have enough guys. I think also ineligibility has uh, plagued the team a little bit. We sorely missed Juan Hernandez's presence and impact a couple of years ago, as he could have been a, a real cornerstone uh, of a contributor to the potentially going to the NCAA tournament. Um, unfortunately, that just wasn't able to happen. And instead of playing with eight guys or even nine guys had Dane Gack not got hurt. Um, we, we could have saw a, a better outcome, of course. And there were, there were games like the North Carolina game a couple of years ago in Chapel Hill where we had the Tar Heels on the ropes. And similar to other games, there, there were um, a, lot of, a lot of meaningful losses to our record and, and uh, chances at the ACC tournament um, and the NCAA tournament as well. So definitely injuries and ineligibility. Yeah. Um, also, just kind of circling back, so injuries and lack of depth are definitely two of the major components. I would say that, you know, Miami has really struggled the past two years, especially last year, in regards to defense. How do you, how do you feel about that? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, the, the Canes have been one of the worst offensive teams in the league 
and, and this was something Coach Larinaga had cited in media day a couple of weeks ago on October 30th. Um, I, I think missing a player like Sam Wardenberg this year will hamper our improved uh, or potentially improved uh, defense this year. But at the same time, we do have depth. We have some young athleticism on the team that's been working hard at, at learning the ropes in Coach L's program uh, that he's established in, in 10 seasons um, here at the U. And I, I think a lot of guys are, are committed towards being on the same page defensively. And like I said, just climbing out of the cellar and um, impressing a lot of teams because a lot of players, as Coach L had, say, had cited, are, are tuned in offensively, but it's really who's going to bring it defensively, and especially with Wardenberg being out. It's down to Dangak, Anthony Walker, and um, the other forwards we have um, that are going to have to just work hard to, um, to, to stop the Blue Bloods in Duke and North Carolina that can score in major um, surges. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, you talk about Wardenberg being out for the year. It's a huge loss when you consider he was probably the be one of the better defenders on the team. Um, he led the team in blocks. Um, how do you think, do you think that Nazir Brooks can kind of step in and fill the role that, you know, Wardenberg uh, left? Absolutely. I, I think the thing about Nazir Brooks being here this year is that he'll be that glue guy to, to sort of chain everyone together on the defensive end specifically. Uh, I'm not sure how much of an offensive contributor he'll be, but he definitely brings the character that you need in a defensive-minded big like Brooks, who has that gritty attitude being from Philadelphia. And he comes from a Cincinnati program that made the NCAA tournament multiple times, and he was a, a fairly big contributor on that team. And it sounds like he's just ready to get to work in the ACC this year. He said that uh, there is a little bit more athleticism and, and guys that are going to try to finish over him at the rim, but he's he's prepared to meet anyone who comes at him um, at the rim. And I think for Nysir, he's just going to be able to bring that that extra level of, of grit and hard work that we're going to need defensively because a lot of teams last year just were able to score uh, overpoweringly at times. And for, for us to have Nysir Brooks is huge. Yeah, definitely. And I think he can really help on the uh, defensive rebounding side as well. You know, um, as for as for the other two key key new um, additions, we also got two new freshmen, incoming freshmen, Matt Cross and Earl Timberlake. Matt Cross kind of like the traditional shooter. I think he's actually I, I said this before somewhere else. Um, I think he's a better shooter off the dribble than he is um, off the catch. Um, and I know Coach L had mentioned the possibility of him starting at the four. Um, what do you think he can contribute to this team this year? Yeah, well, I think Matt Cross is going to bring that hard-nosed style of play that you are going to need in, in the front court as well, or excuse me, in the back court as well as the front court. Him being able to shoot the ball very well off the dribble is going to be a bit of an upgrade, I think, from a player like uh, DJ Vasilovich, who was was good off the dribble, but far better of a catch-and-shoot guy uh, on the perimeter. So I think for Matt Cross to be able to fill in with the shooting that we'll need in the ACC this year is going to be crucial for us to really move from the middle of the pack in terms of team scoring to uh, the upper echelon of that department, given that um, we have a lot more depth and um, 
therefore we should have a chance at scoring more often and, and just taking the load off of guys like Likes and Magusti who were relied upon a bit too heavily last year. Both of them mm-hmm. were averaging over 15 points per game uh, going into the ACC gauntlet. And just having a guy like Matt Cross that's going to be able to shoot the ball well off the dribble in addition to off the catch will be great. And hopefully that can rub off on other players as well. I know Earl Timberlake isn't too much of a perimeter shooter, but hopefully he can develop that as the season goes on. Yeah, so talking about Earl Timberlake, I I saw a video, um, like a highlight video, and it was like entitled like Earl Tim- Timberlake is the Swiss Army knife on the court or something like that. And I think that's really true because I, I feel like there's no real holes in his game. You know, you talked about maybe the outside shooting, but I feel like he does everything pretty well. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, I feel amazing. I think Earl Timberlake is someone that we could have easily have uh, seen gone go to a – uh, an ACC rival such as a Florida State or maybe even a Louisville uh, or North Carolina for that matter. I believe he had an offer from Roy Williams and the Tar Heels. So just mm-hmm. to have him on our side is amazing because that could create a gravitational effect for other great recruits um, to come in the future. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Nicene Poplar and Ja'Kai Robinson for next year's recruiting class. So I think having Earl Timberlake to to be the slasher that he is and just the the amazing athlete that he can he can be, especially in the transition side of the game, is going to be a, a major factor for us. And I'm not comparing him to Alani Walker, but I would compare him more to a Bruce Brown, as yeah. Coach Laranega had also alluded to in, on Media Day, in the sense that he's going to be able to slash and and really take the ball to the rim. And and for us again last year, that was something we kind of struggled with in the sense that we were more reliant on the outside shot with. Likes and Augusti, uh, or excuse me, Likes and Vasilovich. So hopefully Earl Timberlake can be able to add just a, a real flair to uh, both the half court and transition side of the game. Yeah, most most definitely. I'm really excited to see what he can bring. Um, you know who I'm really excited to see, though, this year in his sophomore year is Isaiah Wong. You know, I saw the news story that he, he gained 20 pounds of muscle, and I feel like that's not going to do that's going to do a lot for his game. You know, he's someone who gets to the basket and is able to finish inside. And, you know, I think coach L had said, um, he's growing confidence with his uh, three point shot. And you definitely saw it at the end of last year. How much do you think Isaiah Wong is going to be able to contribute this year? Well, he's going to be able to contribute more than you would expect. I think Isaiah has that mentality that is, is quiet, but at the same time, he has that, that go to that, that killer mentality when it comes to scoring the ball late in games. We saw it against the Virginia Tech Hokies at Castle Coliseum uh, last year in, in mid-February. He was just electric at taking the ball to the basket, drawing fouls, and and just doing that on the on an opposing team's court is not something every freshman can do. And and having that be able to translate to other performances like against the North Carolina, for instance, is huge. And if and if you're not going to be able to rely on Chris Likes and Cameron McGusty every and having someone isn't exactly a freshman, but isn't the oldest player on the team or isn't the team's go-to leader like Likes is, is going to be uh, amazing just from a balance standpoint. Because if you're putting so much pressure on an Earl Timberlake or even a Matt Cross right away, then I think you're you might be a bit... Um, not disappointed, but you might have thought that you had overestimated their 
their abilities and translating from the high school game to the uh, college game right away. And I think that's what we sort of saw with Lonnie Walker a couple of years ago. It's not that he didn't excel. It's just that when Bruce Brown went down, um, you know, we had to turn to uh, to likes and Walker. So I, I think looking at Wong, given that he's improved physically as well as mentally, and he's not overthinking as much out there on the court, is going to be huge in terms of scoring this year. Yeah. Um, this might be a little bit of a hot take. I actually, I think Wong can really compete with Chris likes as being, uh, being the leading scorer on the team. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, the interesting thing about likes is that a lot of teams, uh, will put a pesky defender, like let's say a, a Jordan Goldwire or Trey Jones on him. And, uh, that will definitely impede on his scoring abilities. Um, not to say he can't get by them, uh, or, or even shoot over them, but, it, it definitely uh, reduces that possibility. So I think having a guy like Isaiah Wong to really just um, work alongside likes in those scoring um, needs will will be uh, very important for the Canes this year, especially when it comes to ACC tournament time when you're playing uh, games on end uh, day after day. And, and hopefully I would hope to see that in March Madness as well. You're going to be reliant on on guys other than likes who uh, need to be bigger, stronger, uh, and have the ability to take it to the rim and get uh, get fouls drawn without shots blocked. Yeah. Um, so we kind of talked about the injuries that hindered Miami last year. Um, one of them being to Dane Gawk. You know, he's kind of been injured the past two years, and then also um, Anthony Walker um, had an, has an injury right now. I believe is it a knee injury. Yeah, it's a knee injury. Um, it was released about a week ago that he would be out for two more weeks. So he should be back within the next week or so, uh, assuming that all's going well and um, that he's been practicing uh, again. But it does sound like he's practicing very well and he's just kind of getting away from being that raw player on the court. And um, it seems like he can contribute uh, off the bench, uh, if not start. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, I mean, if, if he's healthy, Dane Gawk has a chance to start for this team? I do. I think it's it's going to be important to have plenty of veteran leadership out there, especially with mm-hmm. the possibility of Earl Timberlake starting at some point. Um, I, I know Coach Laranega wasn't really concerned about working him into the rotation, which I guess is a bit of an indicator that he wants him starting uh, perhaps at the forward. But I do think that Dane Gak is going to finally have a chance to prove himself this season, as many Canes fans uh, have anxiously awaited, because uh, Gak is is very athletic from the glimpses of gameplay we've seen over the past couple of years. You know, he mm-hmm. he played well uh, in the Charleston Classic against um, uh, Missouri State and Florida, from what I remember. And assuming that he can rack up some block shots um, and, again, just contribute to the rebounding, given that we've the seller of rebounding for the past couple of seasons, then I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to consistently start. Yeah, you know, talking about him too, um, I recently watched like a highlight video of him and I, I forgot, man, he, he could put the ball on the floor too. He's not just like a traditional like, you know, catch it in the post or just dive to the post and score. He can, he can handle the ball a little bit, you know? Yeah, and I think if he eventually adds a jump shot because he will be here a few more years given that he's... Mm-hmm missed uh more than 30 percent or sorry he's played in less than 30 percent of the games each of the past two years 
he is going to be a very under-the-radar threat in the ACC. If he does put on more weight, then it will become more apparent on other team scouting reports. I think that you know this guy is, is really a multi-tool guy in the sense that he has the physicality, shot blocking, rebounding, and a jump shot to go with it. Um, and, you know, like you said, he can run the floor. Um, and, you know, if you can do that nowadays, in addition to putting the ball on the ground, then it, it's going to be hard for, for teams to stop um, a team like the Canes where they have Gak and uh, Timberlake and Walker in the front court. Yeah, most definitely. Let's talk about a little about the two guys. We kind of referenced them already. Chris Likes and Cam McGusty, starting with Cam McGusty. Um, Cam McGusty, man, I, I feel like, you know, He's not the most athletic guy, but he knows how to get to the rim and he can kind of score whenever he wants. Um, but I feel like he kind of where he did struggle is turning the, with turnovers and with like overall handling the ball. Um, where do you think he can improve this year? Well, I, I think with McGusty, he's definitely going to have to show that he can play on both sides of the court. Um, mm-hmm. Defense was like I said, defense was a team struggle last year, but if you're Going to be a veteran leader for a team like Miami, who has historically had a good program under Coach L. It's going to have to start on defense, um, especially for a guy like Magusti, who's uh, who supposedly uh, lost, uh, I think, about 10 pounds or so uh, in, in body fat and has just decreased his overall body fat percentage. Um, he's cut out a lot of sugar uh, and, and other um, non-necessities in his diet. So I think for him, lockdown defense, and and him being in just better shape from a conditioning uh, conditioning standpoint is going to be uh, amazing to have um, in the in the backcourt as well. He did say that uh, the Canes are focused on. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Picking up full court this year, which is going to be really interesting to see how that um, works with other teams. And historically, over the past few years, at least, Miami hasn't really uh, been known for that. So having McGusty help spearhead that will be great. Yeah, and I think I think one of the reasons why they haven't really been known for that is just because of the lack of depth. You know, when you only play seven, eight deep, you can't really, you know, press the entire game or do that. I mean, I think that's why they, they played a lot of zone, right? Last yeah, year, it, especially. It, yeah, that was definitely the case. And there were times last year where the zone, the zone defense would get exploited. I remember there were... A couple of instances on the road against Clemson on New Year's Eve where uh, other teams in, had their bigs just back cut um, behind, you know, the last line of defense in the zone. And it would be easy, easy pickings for those 
for those big men uh, who could really just dive to the rim or, or even just get a short corner jump shot. So for the Canes, it's really going to be about sticking with man more often, picking up full court, uh, and just forcing more turnovers. Because if the Canes are able to force more turnovers, like we said, they have the athleticism to get out in transition and, and put points on the board, I think, in a quicker fashion. Um, there were there were some games last year against Boston College and Wake Forest, I believe, that the Canes were able to really uh, force those turnovers. And we need to see more of that this season if they're going to go further in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the Chris Light show. Um, I feel like when you tune into a Miami game, obviously last year it was kind of hard to watch, you know. But the right. games where Chris Likes played, you wanted to turn it on because you don't know what he's going to do, you know. He's just that highly skilled. I mean, when someone's 5'7 on the basketball court, they obviously have to be very skilled. Um, And he's just, I feel like he's a pest on defense, you know. Usually someone that short isn't able to, you know, be that capable of a defender. Um, Do you think that, what do you think we can expect from him this year? Well, I, I think besides the additional leadership, we can expect to not see him be overloaded with scoring. I mean, like you said, Matt, it was really difficult to see him have to go to work, especially late in games that were sort of neck and neck uh, for the Canes and, and just try and almost do too much. I think he has a lot of great dribble packages and scoring abilities. Um, you know, he's the... Uh, ACC pre one of the ACC preseason players of the year, um, and that's great news for the Canes. But I think you you can see him maybe be a little bit more of a leader in the sense that he can defer to other teammates in in um, sharing that scoring load. Also, I think for Chris, it's just continuing to get better on defense. Um, I think last year there were some great instances instances of him drawing charges and just getting his his body in front of defenders, which he's really well known for, almost like a Muggsy Bogues with his character and overall heart on the floor. So um, that I, I think when he charged against Illinois last year, that was really the, the play of the game for, for Miami. It wasn't any of the, the flashy scoring plays, whether it was jump shots or drives to the bucket that um, – you know, that that did it all for the Canes. It was like the fact that he was able to take that charge in the end. And I think if we see more of that this year, then um, you, you could potentially see Chris Likes in the talks for ACC Player of the Year as he tries to will his team once again to um, success in the postseason, whether it be the ACC tournament or March Madness itself. Most definitely. Um, so we kind of worked through, I think we worked through the entire roster already. Um, going into the season, who do you think will be the starting five for the Miami Hurricanes? Well, it'll definitely be Chris Likes, Cameron McGusty in the backcourt. Um, you know, I could see Isaiah Wong potentially moving into McGusty's spot if McGusty isn't performing as expected. But given that, like I said, Cam having improved his conditioning and his defense, I think he could be a vital leader on this team in the backcourt. Um, at small forward, I, I think we could see Earl Timberlake starting. Um, and if not Timberlake right away, then it could be Isaiah Wong. Um, power forward, I think Dang Gak is who you go with, given that he's been around the team a bit longer than uh, Anthony Walker and Matt Cross. And then at center, you definitely got to go with Nysir Brooks, given that he can block shots and just rebound the ball uh, quite tenaciously. And Ronnie Miller would probably be like your seventh guy off the bench. Um, 
you know, given that he's another veteran leader and he's very experienced um, with the team after redshirting a couple of seasons ago. But I think like Smogusty, Timberlake, uh, Gak, and then Brooks is who you're going with for now. And that's a physical and experienced lineup. Yeah, I apologize. I completely forgot about Rodney Miller. <laughs> no, I thought of him too, but that's okay. Yeah, no, I think I think Rodney Miller just getting into it a little bit. I think he's someone who he greatly improved last year, but I think he kind of reached his ceiling. Yes. In terms of like, I don't really see him taking a step up like offensively or anything. Just because like the fact too, like def- I don't think he's the best interior defender. I think Nasir Brooks, you know, should be on the court because of that. So I kind of see him as more as like a big coming off the bench who's going to be pretty a pretty good big to come off the bench. Yeah, I, I think for Rodney Miller, um, losing 40 pounds was vital for him and his game a couple of years ago. And he did come into Miami with uh, a, a real a real variety of moves, um, being the more traditional back-to-the-basket sort of guy in the post. Um, but I think for him, it's probably more about him being a voice in the locker room this year as he tries to inspire the younger guys and, and just teach the those players in, in how it works with Coach L's program. This isn't a, a newer uh, coach program, given that Coach L has retained his assistance and a lot of his players over over many, many years. Um, and I, I think for Rodney Miller, he doesn't have much of a shot at playing professionally, um, at least in, in the um, G League or uh, in the NBA, let alone that. But if it's somewhere overseas, I, I don't see that being out of the picture. But I think right now it's probably just about, um, you know, him providing the, the depth Miami needs and, and giving that um, inspiration and um, development towards players like Timberlake and Cross and even Anthony Walker, really. Absolutely. So getting into ACC play and the conference as a, as a whole, I think that everyone would agree that the top four teams are probably going to be Florida State, Duke, UNC, and Virginia. Do you agree with that for the most part? I do, yeah. Um, do you think that the fifth spot is up for grabs in any, any team? Do you see any team coming in there? Or do you see a team like Louisville? Um, do you think Miami has a chance to slip into that spot? Yeah, I, I do. Because depth is, is what we sorely missed last year. If I didn't emphasize that enough, I'm going to emphasize it now. Because <laughs> uh, games like the Florida State game, um, in both meetings actually, were, were very closely contested uh more so in the first game because the second game we were just without uh likes and mcgusty and depth is just what is going to take this team further this year i'm not i'm not exactly sure of how much further that will be uh, i can't pinpoint whether that'll mean a, a another sweet 16 berth for coach l in his 10th season or uh the acc title game um or let alone the semifinal. but it will get us further um you see teams like Florida State and Louisville who are always anchored by so many players. It it just really was something that ripped your heart out when you would see all these substitutions in the game last year. And for us, it, it was less, less frequent. Um, so for us, I think we definitely have a shot at getting towards that, that fifth team um, in, in the ACC rankings. I don't think Virginia is going to be as good this year. Um, I, I just think that 
despite them being a well-coached team, we are more of an under-the-radar team that not a lot of people are going to be expecting to come out with a flash of, you know, infused talent and depth as we've um, regurgitated. So Miami, Miami will be there. And if it's not fifth, it's probably going to be a sixth or even seventh. But no reason we can't slip up into or slide up into the top 25 rankings and um, earn an at-large berth for the tournament in March. Exactly. Um, I saw, I can't remember where I saw it. It was somewhere on Twitter. Um, a picture of like, a, oh, I think it was Joe Lenardi's prediction. I don't know if you saw it of like where Miami would be in the tournament. And he had them as a nine seed. Right. Um, like LSU. Was it an eight or no? Yeah. Nine seed against um, LSU. Um, is that kind of the range you expect? Obviously with like COVID and everything, we don't know how the tournament is going to be set up this year or whatever, you know? Is that kind of like the range you see them? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is in the sense that we likely won't be winning the ACC tournament. Um, there are just programs out there like a Duke or North Carolina, even Florida State, as you mentioned, that are also very well equipped to succeed in March, um, let alone April. So for us, I think it's just all about winning as many games as possible in the ACC and just hoping that the this pandemic doesn't amplify anymore because the last thing we need is another season getting shut down right when the ACC tournament strikes. And for Miami, anything is possible when you get to that uh, NCAA tournament. As we saw against Loyola in 2018, we thought we had him on the ropes. Um, it was a very tight ball game. And unfortunately, Loyola just had a little bit more um, luck in their favor that day. Um, and, and ever since that day, I think this program's just been trying to revive itself and do whatever's possible to get recruits. And, you know, recruiting hasn't been our strong suit up until this last at this time last year when we uh, got commitments from Cross and Timberlake. So it's just all about being um, healthy, having the ability to control what we can control and winning games and um, just having that never say die attitude when it comes to postseason play, um, especially against a team like LSU that is always um, getting new players in, similar to to us and hasn't been that prominent in terms of the NCAA tournament over the past few years. Yeah. So kind of looking at this schedule, I know we kind of summarize like how our thoughts on how Miami will perform and reference to the ACC schedule this season's obviously a lot different because of COVID there's not as many non-conference games um I believe there's only like four or five if I count five, correct yeah. five okay um oh yeah that's right because the Stetson one just got rescheduled right yes that got rescheduled to December 4th yeah okay do you think that that could kind of um trouble this team you know they have some young players do you think that that could give them some trouble just because you know you're kind of going right into ACC play you know against one of it's one of the best conferences you know probably the best conference in my opinion for basketball um how do you think that affects the team well I actually think it serves beneficiary to the team in the sense that it'll give us a wake-up call earlier than last year I thought last year we we were very confident in our abilities early on in the season before um, we lost Dane Gack and then we lost Keith Stone for uh, a fairly significant period of time. 
Uh, I know he came back in the Illinois game and did well, but we went on that five game, was it five game win streak? We were nine and three at one point going into that Duke game. And, you know, we lost, or excuse me, we won against Clemson in overtime. Um, And, you know, that was a a great morale booster, but for, for us to get sort of punched in the gut right at the start of the new year, against a team like Duke and then fall behind by so much to Louisville and only lose by 15 um, was, was sort of detrimental to us. I think it disrupted a lot of the momentum we had early on. And we really um, were inconsistent from that point on, you know, we had a lot of great wins, like I said, against Virginia tech in three overtimes, but there were games where we lost to teams like Florida state. Um, You know, we lost to Pittsburgh, um, and, and a handful of other games that we could have taken. Even Virginia uh, was a close game uh, at home as a one-possession loss. So I think for Miami, uh, if they can benefit from playing teams uh, in the ACC earlier this season, uh, like closer to the, the middle of December as we do with Pittsburgh and uh, Virginia Tech, then, then that should probably prepare us a little better for the season. And again, staying healthy is what it's really all about for us. So last thing before we uh, let you go, do you overall, do you have a, a, a record projection for this season or if not, it's totally okay? Well, um, I think having gone, let's see, last year, we, um, I believe we were seven and 13, the conference, um, 15 and 16 overall, if Assuming we do end up playing all of our games this year uh, without uh, interruptions due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I say in the conference, we flip that and go 13 and 7. Um, I know that is a fairly significant shift to um, to go in one season, but realistically, I think that's, that's the shot we have, especially um, given that we're playing really the same amount of ACC games and less non-conference games. Um, and then overall, I mean, we're only playing four non-conference games plus 20 ACC games. Um, well, I guess it's five non-conference games uh, with Stetson still on the board. So overall, I, I say we we go. Um, I, I say we go 18 and seven. I think we can win all of our non-conference games against these more mid-major type of schools or programs. And I think, as, again, as long as we stay healthy. We see the expected performance out of guys like McGusty likes on defense, especially uh, Wong. Hopefully he can maintain what he did in the second half of his freshman campaign. Um, that should be uh, extraordinary to have to go from and playing with eight guys two seasons in a row and finishing below 500 um, to seeing um, us finish towards the upper echelon of the ACC. Yeah, I think that would be a major improvement. Um, man, we're, we're going to have to have you back on for some recruiting um, sometime if you're, yeah, love to be if back. you're down. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Wyatt. You're quite welcome. Glad you uh, had me. I, again, I really appreciate being on here. No problem. Thank you. That's Wyatt Copelman. Thank you. Have a good one. Go Canes.